It's time to transform your life through knowledge, creativity, and mastery. Delivered on the Focus 7 Daily Podcast with business expert and marketing guru, Lisa Fredrickson, you will hear interviews with some of the most thought-provoking mentors and professionals on a variety of topics. And now, your host and favorite learnaholic, Lisa Fredrickson. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to today's adventure. I'm Lisa Fredrickson, your host and incurable learnaholic. In this episode, we'll be discussing why you should consider building a greenhouse with the incredible kitchen garden expert, Laura Christine. Welcome, Laura. We're so blessed to have you here with us today. Thank you, Lisa. I am honored to be here. This is an interesting title here. Why should you, and we're talking to our audience, why should they (laughs) build a greenhouse? I'm sure they didn't wake up this morning and go, oh, wow, I need to build a greenhouse. (laughs) Nor did I. (laughs) Yes, so (laughs) I want to know, you just recently built a greenhouse and what crazy idea made you leap into this? Well, as you could probably guess from the title, Kitchen Garden Expert, my business is gardening. And I thought, I've mulled around this idea for a couple of years, actually. And I thought this year, you know, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Jump in with both feet. And I don't know if you're the one like I am. I get sad when the weather gets, well, you're in a different area, but I get sad when the weather gets cold because it means, uh-huh. you know, gardening is done and I have to do outdoors and I get prepped for the winter. And I thought, I need to really do a greenhouse. And so we built more of a permanent structure um, greenhouse instead of, I know there's like a lot of kits or a lot of temporary greenhouses out there, but this was a permanent structure and a labor of love for me, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Why is a greenhouse a consideration for our audience? This is going to apply mostly to people who have a property that they can build on. Yes. Uh, Okay. And yes. And I'm guessing that we're targeting people who have already had some gardening experience because you don't just start by building the greenhouse first. (laughs) Right. Usually you don't, but you know, some people do and, you know, hats off to them for the challenge, you know, I mean, but our audience gardeners have been planting and doing their herbs in their windows and things like that. This is a large project. It's most of the time it adds expense in the hundreds, at least, even if you're getting a kit. But it adds, even if you get the most minimal kit that you're going to get, it's going to be in the hundreds. Why am I going to ask for this type of project and and investment? Okay, for the people that have the the property and our gardening. The way I looked at it for myself that I'd love to share is this gives you another layer of growing. This, mm-hmm. if you are in a cold climate, you can start things, you know, earlier if you choose not to put heat in it. And we have chosen to put heat in ours. Mm-hmm. So we are going to attempt, this will be our first experiment winter, but uh, we would like to grow year round. And that's, that's one option. As far as the type of greenhouse that I've built My husband and I are very handy, so we think. (laughs) 
And um, we always finish basements and always have projects. And it really wasn't too hard other than the roof and the way we thought about doing the roof to be totally transparent. But what I loved about this project was I tried to recycle as many windows as possible. The doors recycled. The wood for the garden bed on the inside is recycled. I'll be putting more recycled items in there. So that part, I'm edging on, on cost, but that part was very inexpensive to do. And then we wanted a permanent structure. There are kits out there that are permanent. But what I noticed in my research was my greenhouse is a 10 by 12. And I noticed if I wanted a like permanent structure, it would have cost me a minimum of eight to between eight and ten thousand dollars. And wow. I was not willing to drop that amount. And then, you know, just kind of tie all of that together. We love to build things, so we planned it out, watched a lot of YouTubes to see what other people were doing, and then just kind of pieced it together and learned from every phase of it for sure. Basically, what I'm hearing from you is that the greenhouse extends it's like another tool. It extends our ability. It enhances the ability to grow. And for those who have been growing for themselves and are enjoying a salad and have to quit in the winter, (laughs) then then this is something that they can enjoy year round. For those who can't see what I can see, which is her greenhouse, and we'll post some pictures on a website and get this in the description. I'm looking at, you said 10 by 12? 10 by 12 approximately. It's it's off a few inches, but it's a 10 by 12. For okay, so 10 <laughs> by 12, mostly uh, windows with white framing and a gorgeous blue door <laughs> that she painted. And it has, uh, what is the, the roofing on it? The roofing is a polycarbonate plastic sheeting. And also the spaces that we couldn't fit with windows, we also use that same product. It is a uh, double-walled plastic product that has the strength 250 times stronger mm-hmm. than glass. So, and it, it's not, it's flexible, but it's tough, if that makes any sense. And like we said, she was getting windows that were used. Now, where did you source the windows that are used? I'm assuming you didn't go down to your neighbors while they were on vacation and grab theirs. I didn't want to wind up in jail this week. So uh, <laughs> just joking. But no, I we actually have a couple of Habitat for Humanity restores by us. So we did a lot of shopping and going back to that. And then also Facebook Marketplace was a really good resource or local window companies that were doing jobs um, and then also a few individuals. So I kind of pieced everything together. My my poor husband, a little side sidetrack on that. Every time I would get a new batch of windows, I would pull the cars out of the garage, I'd tape out our wall, and then I'd play puzzle pieces with the windows to figure out how they would look. <laughs> so they're not all the same size. You have no, they to play Rub- Rubik's Cube with it. <laughs> exactly. The, the walls, the long walls are the same size, the same windows, but we weren't able to find as many uh, of those for the front and the back. So we just kind of pieced here and there different sizes. Well, you would never know looking at it. It looks very well put together that way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for our audience, what was the price and budget that you got into it? And you can say what the budget would be if you had had the plans set up ahead of time versus some of the mistakes we make and things like that. Yes. Um, yeah, a big factor right off the bat was the cost of lumber. 
it increased over, we, we built this in 95 days and that's from start to finish the last, yeah, the last two months was on the structure itself. And my original thought was we could get away with $2,000. Well, that Mm -hmm. unfortunately was blown through the, the ceiling on the lumber because nothing is square, especially lumber. And we used treated lumber because, of course, this is an outdoor structure. And most of the treated lumber, I'll throw in a little bit of the issues we had, too, with the treated lumber. We went to the big box stores because those were cheaper. Recycling, there wasn't much out there that could be recycled. So big box stores were it. And the product was not real good. A lot of it was wet. And when it would dry, it would work. So we were constantly Mm. battling, (laughs) warping and straightening things out with wood or whatever. So the cost, that was a big factor. I have not done officially my cost, but we are probably closer to $4,000. Okay. But like you said, if you had uh, bought a kit or bought the lumber outright and all the different pieces and parts, it probably would have come to about 8,000. Would have been at least twice as much. Yes. I saw a really cute little kit. I was showing it to my husband the other day and it was 10 grand. And I'm like, well, I, you know, it doesn't hurt so bad now. <laughs> One of the things that people overlook when they're considering a greenhouse is building permits. Do you have to have a building permit for something like this? I say 10 by 12. Um, we're actually 10 foot nine inches wide by uh-huh. 11 foot two inches long. If we had hit that 10 by 12, then we would have needed a... Ooh, sneaky. <laughs> so, so yeah, our base on the greenhouse is cement blocks. And, you know, they don't measure exactly 10 by 12. <laughs> yes. So especially when you, you put in consideration with the door. So that threw everything off. You know, and that was that learning curve that threw everything off. But we were just under it. It doesn't matter the height, but it was the square footage. So we actually were successful. We're in a little town, but they still have a lot of like the bigger cities or bigger suburbs, still the same rules with permits. So that would be the first thing to check out is a permit if you're interested in doing that. All the rules of the neighborhood. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Check that out before you start, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say we're not in an HSA, so we were able to do this also. That's cool. Also, if you want to see all that they did do and follow, she has an Instagram account, but the other thing is that it is chronicled so that you can see step-by-step everything that they were doing. You have videos, don't you? I, I have videos. I have little short videos. Now, you know, since I'm only a week from finishing this, now, now my job is turned to, I'm going to put all of that together for people and eventually that'll wind up on. So that's YouTube. going to be growing and it'll be very interesting. One of the concerns I have when I'm putting up a greenhouse is bugs, temperature, moisture, airflow. You mentioned that you're going to have a heat source in there, but that's probably not as simple as it sounds and all those things. So how do you deal with the little things that are going to happen? Well, the first thing, you know, outside of the structure was making sure it was airtight. Why does it have to be airtight? So the bugs don't get in, so you don't have leaks, you know, you don't get moisture in inside. That was a biggie. So I think I own the the product, the DAP caulk for windows and door for you know, that white caulk. <laughs> you bought so much since now your company. <laughs> so much. 
they they recognize me at Walmart now because I would go back practically every day. And I, I kept saying to myself, well, this is the last one. And I was just like, no, this is not the last one because I would find something else. But yeah, to be airtight or super tight, I used foam and I used caulk. And the caulk actually was the best choice. But we did have some gaps that were too wide. So that's where I would use foam. And advice for that would be get a foam that doesn't expand real quickly. That was a biggie because the stuff that does expand quickly, you've got it all over the place and it's very hard to clean up. Sealing everything off like that brings to mind, though, don't we need air in there? Yes. And voices in your in your heating and cooling system. And that's another piece. And also venting, those work together. We've got minor vents right now. We decided because it was such a challenge, we just decided to build it. And next spring, we will be putting in vents probably through. So you'll be buying more caulking. Probably. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and actually, I've been quote unquote venting when I was painting and caulking. I would open the door. And of course, all of the wasps in the neighborhood thought this was a great place to fly. That was my biggest, yeah. You know, mosquitoes, no. Bugs, no. Wasps, yes. But I do have actually on the back window, on the back panel, I do have some windows that will open out, but we just haven't finished our venting. But between that piece and then I I purchased a fan heat kind of heater specific for the greenhouse, which it will circulate the air. And it also cools, which will be nice. And we'll see how that goes. We're in that trial period right now. <laughs> Moisture can be a problem here in Las Vegas, but <laughs> no, it it can be actually. But the but the problem gets worse if you're in a high humidity state. Yes. Yes. What do you do about that? Because now we've sealed it all up, and so does it become a humidity? It, it could become a humidity trap. We will see when that happens. But my heater's got a fan on it. And mm-hmm. I also have a special thermometer hydro meter, which measures my humidity. And I also have an alarm on both mm-hmm. the panel for the thermometer. And I also have an alarm on my heater. So I can set my humidity levels and I can also set my heat levels. It's a matter right now of it'll probably go off in the middle of the night and I'll be yeah. going out there, you know, propping the door <laughs> open. Or, you know. But best case scenario as far as humidity for plants is between 50, 70%. You're getting a little, you know, um, up there. Yeah. So we will see what happens. The air tightness piece is a biggie. We had a little trouble with the roof when we first put it on. We had a seam that popped. And talking about humidity, it was incredible. With a, just one rain, I'm like, oh, it's holding a lot of, you know, and I went in there and the humidity was 86%. So we know for sure the venting is going to be a big piece. And right now my venting is opening up the panels on the back and opening the front door at this point. When it's 20 degrees out, we will see what happens. Going back just a little bit about the gadget that you bought, this is a particular gadget you can buy on Amazon and has Bluetooth capability. The particular one I purchased is just like a Wi-Fi. There are thermometers and those types of things. Heater is separate. I've got two things going, but the thermometer piece, that is a Wi-Fi. I've got sensors on everything, so I do get the readout. I do not um, have a Bluetooth on that at this point. I wanted to just, my first winter, I'm fiddling with 
temperatures and, you know, like we're saying, temperatures and humidity. Yeah. My heater has um, the timers on it, and that's actually more of a so we don't burn the building down kind of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> so when you set everything up inside to grow, one of the things that I've heard of that you have to be concerned about are what we call microclimates that develop. Yes. Do you help people figure that all out in the rocket science of where to put something? And what is a microclimate? I always explain it as microclimate is a little climate within a climate. So micro, small. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, bacteria could be its own little microclimate. You know, we're talking about humidity. I do teach people on a very basic level about different microclimates um, with the humidity piece. Also, everything ties into gardening, as we all know, with air, water, humidity, sunshine. Did I miss anything? All of those contribute to whatever you are talking about as far as that. In the greenhouse, we will see one little tip for folks, know which direction. And that's one thing I did do before. Orientation. Yes, orientation. And if you want to get, like you're saying, microclimates, you can get very scientific. I was kicking around what is going to be the grade of my roof, you know, what degree and all of those kinds of things. So in my business, I teach a lot of beginners and maybe a little advanced We don't get a lot into the science of those. I just try to do it on a basic level. So it's not overwhelming, but... Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, plants sometimes, depending on which kind, can be forgiving or they can surprise you too. How many times, I don't know, Lisa, for you, um, you planted something, never came up, and then three months later, you're like, oh, you're here. (laughs) Yes. So in Las Vegas, it's been a a huge learning curve. I started growing here about two and a half years ago, and mostly I started inside, and then I started to sneak outside, and and (laughs) my micro environment was a wind that came through during the time that 120 degree weather hit. It wasn't really a micro environment per se, but everything was in my growing bed. That wind came right down the backside of our property. And I woke up in the morning and touched the leaves and they just powdered into dust (laughs) onto the the floor. But I've learned now that there's certain things I don't plant in that area. Each area of my yard had different things going on. And then when we experimented with a small greenhouse, that created all kinds of new little challenges. And so yeah. I, I learned that it was like, oh, don't plant the tomatoes on this side of the greenhouse, plant them on this <laughs> yes. side. Yes, exactly. And and that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if I wanted to have shade, I didn't put it on the inside of the greenhouse. I put it on the outside of the greenhouse. <laughs> yep. Things like that. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I've had people ask me, well, where are you going to grow? Well, here in the Kansas City area, we're just starting to get into cooler weather. So cool weather crops, hopefully. And, and my goal is to have them in the greenhouse flourishing throughout the winter. I have had, I did try many years ago, just like a basic hoop house. I didn't have heat mm-hmm. thing. And I was able to grow spinach and yes. arugula. We'll see if I can at least grow those two this time around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here where I don't think we get quite as cold as you, I was able to grow turnips and radishes and carrots, tomatoes, tomatoes of the right type. Now we only get down to 
maybe 20 degrees or sometimes a little lower than that, but not too much lower. So it was easier to keep it warmer. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's with what you've got going um, in that dry desert kind of atmosphere, you know, that's a whole nother ball of wax. We are wait five minutes and the weather will change. So (laughs) (laughs) microclimate, it could be this, it could be one thing. Today's microclimate. (laughs) Today's microclimate, we're going to get more humidity. We have rain coming. So (laughs) yeah, for those who are not as crafty as you and maybe don't have a repertoire of tools a mile long, can they buy kits and manage that as well? Of course. Yes. Yes, they can. You know, and my suggestion, if you're just starting out, they have these little, and I'm sure you've seen them, they have these little, you can keep them indoors, a couple of shelves, three or four metal shelving, and they put a cover over it. That would mm-hmm. be a great start for people if you don't want to. And those are definitely under a hundred. I think they're even like under $60 or yeah. $50. It depends on where you get it. Although the kit that we bought for just a little tiny eight by 10 greenhouse that has a metal framing and just a plastic cover was only 160. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And that did really well here. I'm not sure it would do well in super cold areas, but it was a great way to get started, especially for transitioning plants. Yes, definitely. You know, that's another reason for me. I can start my seedlings early. Er, we start warming up here about mid-March. By the end of February, mm-hmm. it's there's a teaser. You know, there's a warm day and you're like, yay. And hopefully it'll be a guarantee that I won't kill things that I've planted too early. I did that last year and then we got a snowstorm. Yeah, well, our seasons always come like a airdrop from the military. We have cold, 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 and then all of a sudden it's hot. (laughs) We we don't really have a season here. And so it was nice to have the greenhouse to give that buffer in between all of those times. Exactly. But for any of the listeners, any type of greenhouse, you know, uh, is, is a good start. I always go to the, if you want to start at a very basic, if you haven't been growing long, you know, a, a small little basic thing that you keep indoors or mm-hmm. or whatever might be the, a good start. Is it a possible mini project? Is it maybe a two by four with some thick plastic? Does that do some good in helping you learn some of the properties of growing? Totally. I, you know, we call those cold frames up here um, uh-huh. for when it gets cold, but you know, yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you can just staple it to a two by four and put it over um, some hoops, some PVC pipe hoops <laughs> and off you go. I've, I've done that. You know, it's super easy. I did my hoop house. I think it was about 10 years ago. It was very difficult to find small quantities of greenhouse plastic. Now you can buy a sheet. We had to buy a hundred foot roll at 50 feet back then. Wow. You know, it was three or $400. Now you can get a little, you know, like you're saying, plastic sheeting or even row covers is a mini, mini form of a greenhouse per se. So It's definitely worth a try if people want to try that concept. It's a good way to learn. For those who may not even be gardening right now, who are listening to this and going, wow, greenhouse, that's huge. What are some of the benefits that we can use to entice that audience into thinking about even a box in their window? I mean, what is it about growing food that you're so passionate about? 
Well, you know, I consider the source of where it's coming from. I know the grower. You know the grower. <laughs> um, I know the grower. Yes. As we watch these, uh, you know, whenever this will be posted on your podcast, as we watch the increase of our food prices go up, to me, buy a little packet of seeds is a win-win. Lettuce uh-huh. seeds, you probably get hundreds in those little packets. And it's worth a try. You'll be surprised to the person that's maybe even trying it. There's a lot of things that are easy to grow. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's a big thing right now called microgreens, which those are super simple to grow. And there's a lot of information out there about that. And actually, I'm working on a little bit of that for myself. Anybody who doesn't know what a microgreen is, it's where you take a little soil or substrate and you're just going to dump the seeds in the tray under a, a light. It doesn't take much to set up. And then you're going to let them grow for about seven to 12 days. You, after you trim that off, you can add it to salads. It's very nutritional. It's more nutritious. It's like the most nutritious green that you can have in those little micro little guys. And you can get a little grow light at Walmart for $2 or whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, it's a very simple way to learn. That's a great idea. We are facing things coming up where there are going to be some supply chain problems. Now, jumping in right now and planting during the winter can be very uh, challenging. So you might start in the window with a set of herbs to grow and, like she said, some microgreens. Is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with before we wind this up? You know, hats off to people that have never grown anything and are curious, I would encourage them to try. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information out there in the world on growing things. And yes, as we get through the winter, it might be a little bit more challenging, but it might be a good practice for them before we get back into our growing seasons. Reach out to me. I always answer emails or whatever. If somebody's got a question, I'd love to help or check out YouTubes. But I always like to inspire people to give it a try. You'll be surprised. Yeah. Frankly, I'd like to see pot boxes and growing greenhouses and all that in everybody's backyard. I would love to see us get back to growing our own food, the whole community, just seeing gardens everywhere. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, definitely. And now might be the time as those prices go up. It's a time to learn. and, And you'll be shocked if you're not used to homegrown stuff how great it tastes. There's nothing like a homegrown tomato or a piece of lettuce. I mean, it's just incredible. Try other plants that you even don't like eating because you might be surprised that if you grow it yourself, it tastes way different than something from the store. It's flavor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We, We grew Napa cabbage and I'm not a true fan of cabbage when we grew it in our garden, we grew some Napa. Took a long time here to get that out, but only one survived. So I only got one. But we cooked it like a steak in the air fryer. Yes. Was it delicious? Oh my goodness. It was beyond delicious. It was so good. I we were all, you know, oh, you know, and taking the last <laughs> dribbly drop and popping it in our mouth and slurping it. And and Paul was saying, Is there more? And I'm like, No, you just ate it all. <laughs> you just ate it. <laughs> you get yes. to wait till next year when I can grow yeah. one more. <laughs> but it was oh, so good. It it really drives you to say, Hey, 
I want more of this. And so that's what led us to getting the greenhouse that we did, even though it was a little kit and not this wonderful built uh, one that she has. Yeah, well, you know, it's 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 been a challenge, but I've been gardening all my life. So from the time I was a little kid with my mom all the way up. So it was kind of second nature, but I totally get the trying new things. Like we tried tur- turnips and I wasn't a real big fan. <laughs> But in the fall with the turnips, turnip, uh-huh. turnips in your soup, a root soup, it's delicious. Yeah. And well, and tur- uh, turnip greens are amazing yes. as well. Yes, they are. Very- and I would have never thought that because my grandmother bought, bought turnip greens from the store and would cook them up and those tasted nasty. Yeah. And <laughs> they were bitter and didn't yep. have anything. And that's another thing is garden is straight to your table. There's no transportation time. It's not staying in some cooler and it's, it doesn't have gases to keep it from going rotten while they keep it in the freezers forever. And you've got that nutrition, the nutrition, the vitamins and minerals, you're getting it right at the peak of abundance. So the flavors are different. Well, I think that after this, we definitely have established that everybody should consider building a greenhouse. And if you want to consider building a greenhouse and growing your own food, then definitely Doc is one of those. And that's one of her names from a show that she's on with Doc and Queenie. But Doc is a kitchen garden expert. You also are in naturopathy. I'm a traditional naturopath. Yes. Traditional naturopath. Uh I'm tripping over words today. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) that's okay I do it myself (laughs) and she has many other titles as well and she's also a fellow learnaholic we have had fun discovering and stumbling through life and many different adventures together anyway we appreciate you for being on here well folks it's that time in the show when we count our blessings for being together and thank the Lord for providing us with talent that enlightens the mind and inspires the soul Till next time, remember that life is an adventure teeming with majestic mountains of experience waiting to be explored and rivers flowing with wisdom beckoning us to drink deeply from their cool waters. Thank you for sharing in our adventure. Stay safe, God bless, and have a wonderful day.